Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the house of God. Welcome back to the safest and most inspiring place on planet earth. Where we are in the sanctuary, in the tabernacle, where God has promised us that he will be with us. Amen. Just because of that, we want to offer up the best worship experience, the best praise, the best of our ability to give God what he truly deserves. What do you say? And by the results of that, he has promised that he will give us a blessing today. We have been commissioned. We have been commanded. We have been subpoenaed for us to come into the presence of God and for us to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Come on with us. Stand with us as we enter into God's rest for the Sabbath rest. Amen. Come on and sing it with us. spirit of the living God we ask that the anointing fall afresh in your sanctuary where people is gathered together in your name and for that reason oh God we ask that you inhabit our praise and as a result allow us to experience the blessing of the Holy Sabbath that you intended for us to receive so now everything that you have blueprinted in heaven, we ask you to fulfill it in our lives so we can have an uplifting in our spirits. So when we leave this place, we will not be the same and we will tell somebody about our experience about the love of Christ. So now, Spirit of the living God, take full control and have your way so we will give you the honor, the praise, and the glory which you deserve. So now.
now we ask that you uh, connect us with heaven now and let us rejoice and be exceedingly glad in the joy of the Holy Spirit. That's our prayer. That's our plea in the most awesome, unshakable, undisputed name above all names. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, we pray. Let the church say amen. You may be seated as we go into our worship service. Amen. Everybody can join on with this one. Psalm 61. I'll say the words and you sing it with us. Hear my cry, O oh God. Hear my cry, O oh God. Attend unto Attend my prayer. Unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth. From the ends of the will earth. Will I cry unto will thee? I cry unto thee. Hear my cry, oh God. Hear my cry, oh God. Attend unto, 
someone who understands our human frailties and our deficiencies and he can come and just solve all things what do you say the Bible asks us to cast all of our cares upon him because he careth for us amen the Bible says that Jesus is waiting for us to acknowledge that we need his help amen and the Bible says for us to look to the hills for which cometh our help. For our help cometh from the Lord. Amen. So we just want you to realize those who are online at home. That no matter where you are, Jesus can reach you. He just asks that you would just surrender and submit to him. And watch what he do for your lives. As at, at this time, this is a, a real good sacred time where all of us can participate. Well, we can do what the Bible asks us to do in the sanctuary. It says for us to come together and let our request be known unto God. Do you have a request this morning? Anybody need God to do some things as spectacular and marvelous in your life? Anybody want to experience the power of God to move in such a way where you can be a testimony to let somebody know that Jesus truly cares and he will answer prayer? Well, come on with me down to the altar. We want to go in boldly before his throne like God asked us to do and let our requests be known unto God and watch how the Spirit of God take place in your life. But we ask that you come believing in faith for those who are at home, wherever you are, in your cars listening, or on your phones listening, whatever device that you may have. We want you to activate your faith at this moment because faith moved God and without it, it displeases God. So we, if we want the evidence of the power of God to start working, we must do our part as well. 
So activate faith. Believe in what is about to happen right now in the sanctuary is going to take place in your life. Don't miss out on this moment. Every head is bowed. Every heart is praying. Our Father which art in heaven, holy and reverend is your name. We believe that your kingdom is coming, so we ask let thy will be done in earth as you have blueprinted in heaven. So now God give us this day our daily bread that we may feast at your table and digest what you have in store for us. We ask you to lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from all the evil in this world and the evil one that is producing this foolishness. We ask that you give us the power that you have in our bodies that we can make good, wise decisions to follow you all the way. So Lord, our request at this moment, number one, we want to request that you forgive us of our sins. We ask you, Jesus Christ, our high priest, our savior, while you are standing in the gap between us and your father, we plead that you will hear us and beg him to forgive us. And not only just to forgive our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so we can be fit for thy kingdom when you come back. That's our goal right now. That's our request at this moment. We ask that your spirit will fall afresh upon us. That it will give us the fruit of your spirit where love will take place. And joy and peace and long-suffering and patience, oh God. That it will reflect who you are in our lives. So somebody may see that Jesus is real. Time is winding up. And God, many times we ask you for things and materialistic stuff so we can survive in this earth. And we need that. But God, most of all, we need the Holy Spirit. We need these spiritual attributes and, and blessings, oh God, so we can be prepared for your second coming. But God, in the meantime, we ask you to look down on our health, God. Many are experiencing all kinds of ailments and pain, oh God. The affliction, God. We still going to rejoice because greater is he that is in us than he yes. that is in the world. So God, with the pain, we ask you to reverse and turn that into a blessing. So we can have a powerful testimony for somebody else to believe that your power is real. So God, we're activating our faith, knowing that you hear us. And we are confident that you not only hear us, that you're going to answer us in our favor. Believing and receiving because of what your word says. Your word says for us to call on you, so we're calling on you. Your word says, look to the hill, what's coming to our help, so we're looking to you. Your word says to call on your name and you're going to rescue us in a time of need, so we're calling on you. So Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, we acknowledge who you are. And because of what you mean to us, we ask that you will open up our eyes that we may see the glimpses of truth direct from thee. We believe in your hands. You hold the marvelous keys that can unlock everything and set us free. So God, we ask right now,
that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight. We ask God that you will look down on our knees and look beyond our faults. We ask you to raise us up, Lord, and we ask that you use us mightily for your glory. We pray for those, Lord, who's in prison. We pray for those who are in nursing homes. We pray for those who are in hospitals. We pray for our family members, God, who are not even saved and who needs a special visitation from you. We pray that you move mightily today in the earth so people will understand that you are calling them into a perfect relationship with thee so you can save them. So God, I pray as your servant, that now you will anoint your manservant for this hour. So we need come, O oh God, to give the word to thy people. All over this sanctuary and all those who are listening. I pray that you anoint him. Anoint Elder Wellington, Lord, to the top of his head, to the sole of his feet. I pray, O oh God, that you remind him of the things that he have studied. And then give him some new stuff that he didn't even think that he would say. So he'll know that you're the one that's in control. I pray, oh God, that you will use his vessels to feed your people. So we all can be empowered. And so we all can have this marvelous and beautiful experience through your word. Remember him, oh God. Anoint him afresh. Use him mightily. Bless him, oh God. Keep him. Now let all of us, Lord, now continue to worship you in the beauty of your holiness. This is our prayer. This is our plea. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. Amen. Good morning, church family. We haven't been here for a few weeks. You know, we've been traveling here and there, and I feel a little bit like MC Hammer. I've been around the world from London to the Bay. <laughs> Not quite, but <laughs> we've been missing y'all, to tell you the truth. So we're glad to be back here at Tabernacle. Praise. Always glad to see you at the top, amen? You know, it's uh, very interesting, uh, the elder said, Prayer is a time where everyone can participate, and so is stewardship time. How many stewards are in the house? Stewards of God, raise your hand. We're all called to be stewards of God. Uh, it's a little loud, Andre. Can you just a little bit, please? Thank you. But you know, time, talent, temple, and treasure are the gifts God gives us to return to him for his glory and honor. But God is the greatest steward. Have you ever thought about that, God being a steward? He has all the time. He's eternal, so he has all the time. And he gives us his time 24-7, 365 days a year. God is always available. He's not on break. He's not taking a nap. He's always there giving his time to us. His talents, what can you say about God's talents and abilities? He is the Lord. There is nothing too hard for him. And he used his temple, he gave his temple for his glorification and our salvation on Calvary's hill, amen? And the treasure, 
He says, I own the cattle on a thousand hills, and the hills are his too. And all the treasures of heaven are awaiting for each and every one of us who accepts Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So he's given us an example of how to be a good steward. And I know that everyone here is using their time, talent, temple, and treasure for God's glory. And we certainly appreciate it. I want to thank everyone who's given their donation to the Backpack Sabbath. We've got a big, a big container that's full. We're going to get another container to fill up also. So we thank you for all the pencils and pens and paper and crayons and the monetary donations as well because you have been doing great as God's stewards. This month, I know you all have seen these and hopefully you have one and kept it. This month we're looking for flat erasers for the kids to use in school. Flat erasers, usually they're pink, but they don't have to be. You know, you can get different color ones. It's fine. I want to bring those in, put them in the little container right there at the top of the stairs, and then we'll move those items back to our larger storage container. Backpack Sabbath, July 29th. Keep that in mind. Remind your young people. We're going to be giving out free backpacks full of school supplies, and we're doing that to help our young people get a proper education. Amen? Amen. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, and we want to do our part to help our young people use their minds for the glory of God. Amen? Amen. Also, continue to be faithful in your tithe and offering. As our deacons come forward, I want to also thank you for being honest and faithful. Without your uh, blessing of treasure to this Tabernacle of Praise Church, we wouldn't have these lights on. We wouldn't have heat or cooling. Wouldn't have our musicians. Wouldn't have our auditory. Wouldn't have our uh, visual. We wouldn't have a building. So thank you all for being faithful servants of God and friends to man. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you so much for giving us a desire to be faithful stewards. We thank you so much for giving us time, talent, temple, and treasure to use for your glory and honor. We thank you also, Lord, for the tithe and offering, which is being honestly and faithfully returned, again, to spread the, wor the word to this world and this generation. Bless it, dear Lord, to do its worthy purpose as you have appointed it. In the blessed name of Jesus, amen, amen. So blessing me over and over again. He keeps on blessing me over and over again. He opens doors for me. The victory. Over and over again. Over and over again. 
Amen. This is the time where we're going to have a song of meditation, but before they come, I want to just introduce our speaker for the hour. Beautiful man of God. Amen. Humble man of God. Anointed man of God who's going to teach the word of God. What do you say? Amen. That a Percy Wellington. Wellington is a, a father Amen. who loves youth, Amen. who's gifted in God, who wants to inspire youth to understand the love of Christ. He's gifted in so many areas, but the one thing that stands out to me is his gift of loving people. The Bible says that the world will know that we belong to God and we just love one another. Amen. And he exemplifies that very thoroughly, even in disagreements, even in consideration. I believe this brother today is going to give us a word from on high that is going to reflect the Bible to help us grow. Amen. Amen. So let us at this time just put our minds towards heaven's word for our lives through the person and the vessel of Elder Percy Wellington. Hear ye him and be blessed. Amen.
looking out for his children. Hence is why we say, I love you, Jesus. I want to worship and praise you. I want to serve you. Because he is a God of love. Lord God, we are so thankful, so grateful for the many wonderful things that you have done and that you continue to do. Lord, we thank you 
for allowing us to enter and see yet another wonderful Sabbath. We thank you, Lord, for loving us. Now, Father, please be with us. Remove me, Lord, and let your spirit be seen and felt. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I was getting ready to say good afternoon, but it's still morning. Good morning. Good morning, Tabernacle of Praise. God is so good, and we need to give him all the praise and all the honor because he is so good. I'd be remiss if I didn't welcome our visitors. I want to say welcome to our visitors. If you would like to tell us who you are. Amen. Welcome, Abraham and Daphne. I didn't catch the name. Julian. Tanya. Amen. Welcome to Tabernacle of Praise. You are only a visitor but once, and now you are family. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. He is so good. I don't know about you, but every time I think of how God has got me over, I just want to shout. And I realize how good he is. I know what he can do, what he has done, and what he will continue to do. We just got to continue to trust in him. Have you met the man yet? Let me ask that question again. Have you met the man yet? Because if you haven't, I promise you by the end of this day, you will have met the man. Come on, say amen. He's a God of love. He's a God who looks out, looks from high, reaches down low. He's a God who will pick you up. He's a God who will be with you everywhere you go. He's our God, our Savior. And I'm so happy just to be able to be a vessel used of him. Our scripture reading, our scripture reading is going to be coming from the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1. And we're going to be looking at verses 7 through 11. Acts chapter 1. And we're going to be looking at verses 7 through 11. Will you stand with me as we read the scripture? And you know how we do it. We'll read, I'll read, and then you'll follow, and then I'll read, and we'll end up together. Amen. Amen. And so Acts chapter 1, verse 7, it says, And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. It's not for you to know. Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of the sight. All together, who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. One more time, Father, please be with your children and be with me. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Amen, amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I asked earlier, I said, do you know him? Have you met him? And I promised you that by the end of this year, you would know him, you would have met him, for he is truly Jesus. Spend a little time with me on the subject matter of this same Jesus. This same Jesus. It was kind of hard, Elder Tory. Because as I was reading the verse and looking at what was being said in the verse, I said, man, this just takes me back to fix your focus. Fix your focus. So I just added a little to that, fix your focus on this same Jesus. This same Jesus. And I'm going to read this again to you from the international version. It says, he said to them, and this is Christ speaking himself. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. It is not for you to know. In other words, that's going to require a little bit thing called faith. Because without it, you cannot progress. You will not move forward. It is not for you to know, but it is for him to know this same Jesus. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. I like that. Because what that tells me, it enlightens me to let me know that I'm not in this thing by myself. Amen. That there's certainly power available unto me. And that he will bring it. Not only will he bring it, but he will put it upon me so that I shall and will overcome. How about you? Come on, say amen. He shall bring power. And then it goes on and it says, but you will receive this power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Oh, see, now there's a little bit of something that has to happen. This power just doesn't automatically fall. It says something must transpire and for you to receive that power. This power will come by way of the Holy Spirit. And it says, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. There is a job awaiting for you and I to do. We're going to receive this power, but the power will not come until we receive the Holy Spirit. Come on, say amen. And so this same Jesus, this same Jesus, who they looked, his disciples, and they looked and they behold, and he was being taken up, received by a cloud. And after he had, had, had said this, he was taken up before their very eyes in a cloud hid from their sight. And they were looking intently. They were looking intently. Fix your what? Focus. So you need to be looking intently. You cannot just say, well, I'm just going to look a little bit. But I got to look with, with seriousness. I got to have some intent. I have a desire to do something. So I'm looking with intent, expecting what God is looking to give me. Come on, say man. He says, look intently up into the sky as he was going. And when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them, and they looked at them, and they said, men of Galilee, men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? Do you not know that this same Jesus, 
This man that you've been with for the last three and a half years, this same Jesus, who walked on God, this same Jesus, you know him. And if you don't, you will know. Come on, say amen. This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven. And I like this part. It promises you. He says, will come back. Will come back. In other words, this Jesus, this Jesus is not going to leave you alone, but he will come back. I read somewhere back in St. John 14, I think it's 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many men. If it were not so, I would have told you this same Jesus. He will come back. He will come back. And it says he will come back, I like this part too, in the same manner. I like what the pastor used to say. He said, I'm going to put a pen in this. I'm going to put a pen in this. Because remember, when he left, when he was ascending up into the sky, he was ascending up into a cloud. He was met by a cloud. I'm going to put a pen right there. I'm going to put a pen right there. He will come back as he has went into heaven. I come to understand that in my walk with the Lord, that there are some things that I thought I knew, there are some things that I wished I knew, and there are some things that I'm still learning. But one of the things I do know for sure is that this journey is never going to be successful without faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When you look at this same Jesus, then there comes some kind of message to you to say, well, I've never seen him. I've never touched him. I've never physically been in his presence. But it says this same Jesus. Now the disciples had the blessings of being there, but you and I were not. But the scripture tells us that it takes a little bit of faith. Even they were with him. And as they looked, they were steadfast and wondering what is going on. And it says, this same Jesus. You walked with him, but this same Jesus. And so it requires a little bit of faith. And so the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, now I, when I looked up the term faith, I was curious to see what the, the, uh, the dictionary had to say about it. It says faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Complete trust or confidence in someone or something. I said, well, now, you know what, Lord? I'm trying to recognize you. And I realized that my eyes and my heart are, are, are open and in tune wanting to know you, but I'm not sure how to reach you. So I need to be introduced to you. I need to understand who you are. And so he first told me, he said, you can't get to me without faith without faith and so I looked up something over here in, 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 in Matthew chapter 9 in verse 27 through 30 and it says and when Jesus departed thence it says two blind men followed him crying and so I'm giving you an illustration of faith by the way 
two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. Thou son of David, have mercy on us. I'm talking about this Jesus, this, this Jesus that we're coming to know today, this Jesus that we will know and recognize as we walk out to, today. This Jesus will save your soul. And so they cried out, son of David. Uh, apparently they must have recognized something about this Jesus. And so they cried out. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this. He asked the simple question, Believe ye that I am able to do this. And they said unto him, Yea, yes, Lord, yes. But here's the interesting thing. It's one thing to say I believe, but it's another thing to act upon that belief. And they say, yay, Lord, we believe. And so he then touched their eyes, saying, <clears throat> and get this, he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith, be it unto you. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. They had a hunger. They had a desire. They wanted to see, yet they had no avenue as to how they were going to see. But yet they had enough substance to believe, to hold firm to that belief. And so now the other part of faith says not only is it the substance, but it is the evidence of things hoped for. Look what happened to them. And so according, he said unto them, and their eyes were open. And Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. See that no man know it. It is so amazing to know that he is not only a deliverer of the word, but he is also a converter of the word. He makes it real. He makes it plain. And so when we're looking at this time, Jesus, I invite you to go on a journey with me to understand, to know who this Jesus is. Revelation 22. Revelation 22, 13. We ask the question, or I ask the question, who is this Jesus? Who is he? Revelation 22, verse 13. And it says it this way. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. In other words, I am the eternal one. There is none other beside me. I am the beginning. I am the one who stepped out, of, out on nothing and called everything into existence. I am the one who will come and bring you home with me. I am the one who will finish this work. I am the beginning and I am the end. He is and always will be Jesus, this same Jesus. But just to take it a little bit further so you understand and know who he is, I invite you to join me in John. John chapter 1 and verse 1 through 3. It is so powerful to know that he does not lie, but he, he is steadfast and unmovable. He says over here in John, in the beginning, in the beginning, that, that, that indicates to me that there, must have, there was something that happened that never was. He stepped out onto something that was nothing. 
He was the beginning. He claimed he would be the ending. But when he stepped out onto something, there was nothing to step out onto. And so he says, I am the beginning. And I love it the way they put it this way. They said it here. They said he was before all time. My mind can't comprehend it, but my heart accepts it. Was the word. It says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was Christ. And the word was with God. And the word was God himself. I love teaching. And I love getting close to understanding what God has brought to us. And I noticed something really deep in that text. When it talked about him, he says, in the beginning was the word. Well, what is the word? Well, we're talking about this same Jesus. In the beginning was the word, and, and the word was God or Christ. Understand there were more than just one. It was the deity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy, Son, Holy Spirit. But it says in the beginning was the word. You know, it's something interesting about this thing, this term, the word. You know, we, we, we get caught up so many times just trying to see Jesus without reaching out and touching him. See, Jesus, even himself, says, search the scriptures. For in them you think that you are saved, but they are them which testifies of me. These are words written down in a book, but they are words that come to life when you begin to accept them. Jesus says, I am the word. <coughs> Revelation 19, 13 puts it this way. He says, he is dressed in a robe, dipped in blood, and his name is called the word of God. I don't know how much more powerful we can get it. Because if you go to the cross, if you go to the cross, you'll recognize that he shed his blood for you and I. And his robe was dipped in blood. His robe was dipped in blood. But look at here. Revelation 19, 16 also says, and on his robe, mm -mm -mm, I'm getting ready to get excited now. And on his robe, and on his he has the name inscribed. King of kings and Lord of lords. You want to know who this Jesus is? He is the only one. I love the way Tori preached when he, when, when, when he, when he was preaching or, or, or giving his prayer. The undisputed. The undefeated. The undeniable. He is king of kings. And he is Lord of lords. He's our God. He's our savior. And I trust and believe that he will do according to his will as he has already done. Verse 2 of St. John, chapter 1. It says, he was in the beginning. That means he was already existing, continually existing. He didn't just happen, but he was already. He was in the beginning. But notice he says he was in the beginning with God indicating that there was more than one. He was with God in all things. Notice this now. You're learning about who this Jesus is. All things were made and came in existence through him. And notice it says through him, separating or secluding that it was Jesus, the word, who created all things. And without him, not even one thing was made 
that has come into being. Now, again, we can get excited or we can be quiet, but when you begin to realize from whom you come, mm -mm -mm, you, can get to, you can begin to shout because there's nothing that any man, woman, boy, or girl can do to harm God's child as long as he's in Christ. Come on, say amen. As long as he's in Christ. And so back over here in Genesis, I like it. I like it. I like it. Not only did he take advantage of taking the opportunity to create us or to create the world, but he, he stepped out on nothing. He created the world, but he, in the midst of that creation, at the end of that creation, he stopped over in, in verse 26, and then God said, let us. Oh, y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. Now, now think about it. He done set the stars in the sky. I don't know about you, but on a nice, clear day, night, oh, man, it's wonderful to look up and gaze into the sky. I, I would like to say on a cruise, holding my wife next to me. Oh, yeah, looking up at the sky and saying, oh, there's nothing like it. And when I see the glory and the beauty of what God has done, but he stepped out and he called that into out of nothing. And he placed the sun in place. And it hoovered about and it covered it. It, it, it lit up. And I'm still on that cruise, baby. Because sometimes when you're on the cruise and you're on that deck and you get to see that sun go down. Oh, the glory of that orange brightness. It makes me get closer to my Lord to understand just how beautiful. You know, our God is a God of imagination, color, and beauty. And so as that sun sets, he put it in place. But then he took a little time out after doing all of that, creating the animals, the birds, the fish, and the water, the sea, all that good stuff. He did all that. That's wonderful. We love that. But there was a moment that stepped out and touched me. Let us make man in our image. In our image, according to our likeness. Now, this is where people get mixed up. You see, we, we, we get to thinking, okay, well, I, I'm God's child. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. I'm made in his image. So I look like him. I have the physicality that represents him. But when we look at that text, we take it out of context and we miss the trueness of it. He said, let us make them in our image after our likeness. In other words, when we worship, we worship in spirit and in truth. Amen? And so when we're looking at this thing in spirit and truth, it's not about our physicality, but it's more about our spiritual personality and our moral likeness of our father I don't know did y'all catch that so in other words you can't walk out of here just acting and doing and saying anything that you want to say you are a child of God and if you are a child of God representing God then you have a point on your shoulder to act like a child of God in other words and I thank you for the accolades I love God but my love doesn't even compare to his love and so when I walk out of here I got to be striving to even come closer and yet nearer to him. I have to let his spirit fall fresh upon me. 
I have to be more in tune with hearing him so that I can allow for the development of this character to truly be in sync with my Lord and Savior. And so it says, let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the, the, uh, the cattle, and over the entire earth, and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. This same Jesus wanted to put you in the same place with him in terms of how he viewed leading and directing. He wanted you to be true men, women, boys, and girls of the Father, pure, without any corruption. But how do I know it, that we're talking about this same Jesus? I gave you the accolades from Revelation and how it talked about the blood and how it talked about uh, 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 the name inscribed on his robe and on his leg, but that could not have gotten there unless he had existed. Come on, say amen. Come on, say amen. So y'all thought I missed that part. But I figured I'd bring it back to you. Because over back in St. John, we're still back in St. John chapter 1, 1 through 3 and verse. Now let's jump down to verse 14. We talked about the word. Amen. Amen. And we said that this word was Jesus. Well, how do we know that? Well, again, if you don't have faith. Mm. See, I'm going to keep bringing you back. Because you can't walk this walk without it. And it says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things hoped for. So in order for Jesus to be real, to become a reality to man, something must have occurred. And so over in St. John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling place among us. We have seen his glory. And, 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 and see, here's the goodness of God. Because how many of us was back there when the word became flesh? How many of us was there? None of us was there. But it said it became flesh and it walked among us. So we, 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 we through faith, accept that the disciples were there. But I'm going to take it a little bit further. Notice what it says, and we have seen. You know, that's the way we are people. We like to, if we can't see it or touch it, we don't believe it. Come on, say amen. And so in this text, it talks about the reality of what has just transpired. Not only did it say it became flesh, but it said we have seen, we have seen, we have seen his glory. It didn't indicate whether it was the Jews or the Gentiles or whether it was back in 1827 or whether it was 1996 or 2023. What it said is that we have seen the glory the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. In other words, because of who he is, we are sitting here today. We are lifting our eyes and fixing our focus upon Jesus because he is who he is and he's done what he's done and he will continue to finish what he started. He's Jesus. And so now we begin to go from not just the word, but now we realize that we found ourselves in a condition. Back in Genesis, it says that the man and woman were given instructions. Amen. They were given instructions of what not to do or, 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 or what they should do. And, and somehow or another, they fell off the path. 
and when they found themselves stricken and being removed. In fact, it says that the wages of sin is. And so here we are. But if Jesus was not Jesus, I love our Sabbath school lesson. For those of you who have not got one, get one. It talks about the foundation. It talks about how we came into existence, but it even goes greater, further, and beyond that. It talks about this Jesus, this same Jesus who created us, who knew that we would fall, had already placed an element in place to save us. And so now this Jesus, not only is he the word becoming flesh, but now he's a Jesus becoming a savior. Coming to Savior, verse 18 in St. John. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed, had been betrothed. I know that, 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 that word sounds like, but no, what are they talking about? In other words, Mary had been impregnated. Don't worry, it gets better. Betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, there's still some good men in the world. Still some good men. He didn't want to put her away because he was ashamed or, or, or saddened because of what she did. He, he did want to put her away <laughs> because he was hurt. But there are still some good men in the world. And notice what transpires. In Joseph, her promised husband, being just as, being a just and righteous man and not wanting to expose her publicly to shame, planned to send her away and divorce her quietly. There was a movie that came out a while ago, a long time ago. I'm I'm not going to say how long ago because I'm not going to tell you my age. But it talks about a few good men. A few good men. And that's what Jesus is looking for, a few good men. You know, it's interesting that when he began his ministry, he picked how many right off the bat? Twelve. A few good men. I'm not going to go that down there, Rob. but, But God is so good because when he looked at Joseph, when he chose Joseph, now Joseph could have followed through, right? He could have put her away. He could have divorced her. He had every right. He was hurt. He was disturbed. But notice what happened. But after he had considered, after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes dreams just don't seem to be real you know sometimes you ever heard about those dreams that are too good to be real I I don't be that long he appeared to him in a dream saying Joseph descendant of David do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit the child that has been conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit. Not, not, not. I'm not even going to try to explain it, but I'll endorse it. 
because God is God. And Jesus says, I am creator and maker of all. And in fact, as we learned earlier, there was three of them, right? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Well, now we find the Holy Spirit at work. And he's going to ensure that this Jesus, this same Jesus, the Jesus that we, we are getting to know today, he says, I want you to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you shall name him Jesus. The Lord is salvation, for he will save his people from their sins. When I think of my Jesus and my Savior, understanding how he took time out, not just to create, but to give me the opportunity to be in the same image, same likeness. I know I might not have the same physicality, but I surely can receive the same image and likeness still today because it's afforded to us. But he had to come. He had to fulfill what had been spoken of in prophecy. I don't have time to go all the way back through it. I'm just giving you an introduction to Jesus, who he is. And so this same Jesus, the angel came to him and, and to Joseph and said, look, take her as your wife. And so Joseph, you know the story. He went on, he took her as his wife, and they had the little Jesus born in a manger there over in Bethlehem, and we know how they tried to take him out, and, but God was still prevailing over and over and over again watching over him leading them guiding them you know it's interesting how God when you look up in the sky you see these clouds that are leading and directing your way and if you just follow the cloud I'm going to leave that there I'm going to keep that pen there I'm going to keep that pen there but Jesus was born and he was born for a purpose. And so now you have Jesus the Word. You have Jesus the Savior born. And now you have the acknowledgement of Jesus. What do I mean by the acknowledgement of Jesus? You know, it's something neat and nice about acknowledgement. You see, when I look out and I see these beautiful young children, and I see moms and dads sitting by their children, there's an acknowledgement that takes place. And, and, and I can promise you, when Tori looks at his boys, when he talks about his boys, when he talks about praying with his boys, when he talks about trying to play some ball with his boys, you know, I said trying. I, I give you that. There's, there's an acknowledgement that takes place. There is a stamp of approval that takes place. And so God the Father, even likewise, had to acknowledge his son. And so over there in verse 13, it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan. You know about John. John was preaching this gospel. He was talking about the one to come. He, he was excited to share. He was out in the wilderness, and he would not let go this word. He said, John, he said, God, he said, Jesus is coming. The Messiah is coming. And so here he is out there preaching, and, and, and he's by the river Jordan. And all of a sudden appears this, this man. And he says, I need to be baptized. But John, when he looked, he recognized. He recognized. And John was so, he was so overthrown. He said, what do you mean, baptize you? 
You know, you need to baptize me. I'm paraphrasing. You need to, you need to dump me and, and wash me from foot to head to toe. He was excited, and, 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 but Jesus, as humble as he is, and so, but John tried to prevent him, vigorously protesting, saying, it is I who needs to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus replied to him, <coughs> permit it just now. Now, wait a minute. You have the almighty creator who sat on the throne who stepped out to no on nothing, called everything in existence, who came down, and now is asking for your assistance to baptize me, and you're complaining. And, you're and then this same Jesus, this same Jesus, I'm trying to teach you something here, became humble. Became humble. First Chronicles. Or Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name would, huh? And Jesus says, "Permit it just now, for this is the fitting way for us to fulfill all righteousness." And so then John, of course, you know, hey, this is Jesus. <laughs> so John then permitted it, and he baptized him. And after Jesus was baptized. He came up immediately out of the water. But isn't this something about our Lord and Savior? It says he came up immediately out of the water, and the heavens were open. The heavens were open. If you can't get excited about knowing Jesus right about now, I promise you, when you walk out of here, You'll be excited about knowing Jesus. But I promise you, he came down for you and I. We were subjected to sin. And our goal, our direction was death. The wages of sin is death. But yet here Jesus is now, this same Jesus. And he has come down and he has allowed, he has humbled himself to say, hey, baptize me. Yeah, he could have baptized John. He, could, but he, he would have baptized him with something other than water. Y'all know what I'm talking about? He would have baptized them with fire. And I say fire in a unique way that fire is a cleansing element that purifies. And so if Jesus baptized you, you are truly clean. You are truly purified. Open your minds and allow Jesus to come in. And it says, behold, it says, behold from heaven a voice called out audibly. Audibly. I don't know about you now. I, 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 if I do hear a voice coming out, <laughs> I'm checking myself. <laughs> but he heard, there was a voice heard audibly, audibly. And it says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased and delighted well pleased and delighted. How is it that he's well pleased and delighted? Well, he knows his son and he trusts his son 
and he believes that his son is going to do what he has come to do. And so even before he begins this journey, he's already letting you know, he's giving acknowledgement, he will get through. He will survive. He will. And interesting enough, you know, Satan is, as, is who he is. They say he's like a roaring lion seeking to devour, to destroy. He is who he is. And so Jesus, like, just like us, no different than us, he had to go through the test of times. And so even then, over here in Matthew chapter, five, chapter 4 and verse 1, Jesus, this same Jesus, because he wanted to be in tune with us, in sync with us, he wanted to ensure that we and that he understood the, the, the things that we would have to go through. And so over here in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 10, it talks about, I'm not going to read all it, but it talks about how he was being led up into the wilderness. If you are to overcome, if you are to survive, your wilderness must be in sync and in tune with your God and your Savior. And Jesus was no different. He was led up into the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights. He was stricken, no food. He was starving. He was led up to be tempted of the enemy. But there's one good thing, and like I said, I'm not going to hold you and prolong you on going through the whole, but go back and read it. But there's a powerful word in his acknowledgement and how Jesus overcame temptation. You're able, I'm able to overcome. And I love it because it still goes back to the word. Jesus, on every occasion when he was being tempted of the enemy, he would always say, it is written. It is written. Interesting enough, when you think about it being written, my Bible tells me that the word of God was written by men and, and women of God who were actually given from God. Think about it. And yet he learned his own word. He studied his own word. He acknowledged his own word. You want to overcome? Use God's word. Because when you're using God's word, earlier I said there's power in the name of Jesus. When I talk about the word, I'm not just talking about some words on the paper, but I'm talking about the word Jesus. His name is Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. It is written, call upon him. He will save you. He will deliver you. And that old enemy, he was just defiant until finally I love what Christ got to the point. He said, you know what? He said, repent, change your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret your past sins, live your life in a way that proves repentance, seek God's purpose for your life, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus told, the, told Satan, he said, look, get up. it's about time for you to move on. You didn't have your time. I didn't give you your time. Playtime's over. It's time for you to move on. 
And so he told him, get thee behind me, Satan. But he didn't say that to leave you and I. He gave us that quote. He says, repent, because you have the power, because I am who I am. Now, I got to take a journey. I got to start a ministry. Oh, y'all thought that was the ministry? Oh, he was just beginning. He had stepped out and said, look, I got to go through some stuff so I can know your afflictions, so I can know your pains, so I can help you overcome whatever it is that you're being bombarded with. I am God. I am he, and I will always be. And so he came, and it was time for his ministry. And, of course, we all know his ministry stepped out in Galilee. He began in Galilee. Amen. And as he began in Galilee, he began to do wonderful things. He began to, to do this and to do that. He began to heal. He began to take in, 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 in counsel. I remember looking back, and, and, and it said that he healed a leper. It said that he healed the palsy. And he said that he was casting out demons. And he said that he was feeding the poor. He said that he was the Lord of the sky. He was the healer of the lame. And he even raised the dead. He's Jesus. His name is Jesus. Don't you forget it. His name is Jesus. And over there on the Mount of Olives, one of my favorite scriptures is Matthew chapter 5. Because it's indicative that we know how to be God's people. And over in Matthew chapter 5, I'm not going to read all of them, but it's called the Beatitudes. But when you look at the Beatitudes, understand that God is developing your character. He's drawing you nearer to him because he is Jesus. And he wants to be with you. He wants to share with you. His name is Jesus. And so if you're looking for a savior, I said I was going to put a pin in it. <coughs> we all see some clouds stormy clouds dark clouds mysterious clouds but you know what I come to learn about clouds the interesting thing about clouds is that behind every cloud there's something special that comes forth if you remember starting back in in the, uh, the uh, old times in Genesis when there was a cloud there was a, there was a storm and it flooded everything and the clouds darkened and it seemed like everything was a disaster everything was going to end but in that cloud there was someone called Jesus watching over his people his children and he said I'm going to place in the sky a rainbow so that when you see this rainbow you know that I've been with you I don't know about you but I still look up in the sky and I see that rainbow but even greater than that keeping forward with the children of Israel they were on a journey they had been saved but they were traveling down this road but there was a cloud that was leading the way and that cloud was Jesus directing their path, ordering their steps, giving them what they needed, even to the point where they complained, we have no food, he fed them. Even to the point where they were in the desert and they began to fuss and complain and, and the cloud led them to the rock. Oh, who I many know that rock is Jesus? That rock is Jesus. He's your savior, he's your friend. 
He desires you. He hungers for you. Do you hunger for him? I'm just here to introduce you to this man called Jesus. His name is Jesus. When you walk out of here today, I want you to review and look at your life. I want you to think about where you are. I want you to realize that you're not here today, not because of anything you've done. You're not that special. But you're here because God has preserved you and he's kept you. I want you to understand that when it said that this same Jesus, I love this part. It says that when he comes, he's going to come on a cloud. There's going to be thunder. There's going to be lightning. There's going to be trumpets. But he's coming on the cloud because he's Jesus. And this same Jesus that these men stand gazing into heaven. Oh, can you see him? Can you see him breaking through the clouds? Raise your hands. Oh, this is our Father, our Savior, our God. We have waited for him. And now he has come to take us home. This same Jesus. I'm inviting you to have a relationship with him. To come to know him as I'm gaining more interest in drawing nearer and closer to him. Experiencing him like never before. This same Jesus. I know what he's done for me. I'm not perfect nowhere near. But I know he's a God that's a forgiving God. And he's a God that will not leave me alone. This same Jesus, he's calling you, come home. Come home, my child. Come home. And if you believe that Jesus is calling you, if you know that Jesus is calling you, I invite you to stand with me. Stand with me because he's your God. He's your Savior. Right about now, the doors of the church will be open. And I would be remiss not to, to give that opportunity. If there's anybody that desires to have a closer walk with the Lord, that desires to study, that desires to pray, that desires to be rebaptized, baptized, I invite you to come down to the front with me. But I promise you that this same Jesus, he will come and he will save his people. Judgment is before us, but you can be on the right side or the left side. Choose ye this day whom ye reserve, because this Jesus, this same Jesus, shall and will come. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for an opportunity just to reiterate our walk with thee. I believe it was Sister White that talks about reflecting on your first love when you first fell in love with him. I ask right now, Lord, that our minds, our hearts, our eyes will be attuned to thee. I, I have a special prayer that I always pray for my children, Lord. Lord, I, I beg every morning, open their eyes, Lord, that they may see Touch their ears, Lord, that they may hear. Grab their hearts, Lord, that they will receive you. And I will pray that prayer, Lord, until the end of days. Because on that great getting up morning, 
it is my desire, my hope, my prayer that not only I, but my children, my family, my friends, my loved ones, Lord, I want to be a part of that number. I pray for everyone in this edifice today, Lord, that they too will be a part of that number. That all of us, Lord, will be caught up in the sky to meet our Lord and Savior. Oh, what a wonderful and joyous time it will be. We thank you, Lord. We exalt you. And we give you all the honor, all the praise, and all the glory. In Jesus' name, where there's power. Amen. Praise the Lord for the word of God. Amen. Amen. We believe that Jesus is real. Amen. Amen. And the same Jesus that you believe in, he's going to come back again. The Bible says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen. Amen. So we're going to give thanks to our God for who he is and what he means to us and what we mean to him for his sacrifice and on the cross for our sins that we may be saved. Amen. One announcement that I would like to, to give before we uh, adjourn today. We are offering Bible lessons for those who are online. Uh, for our community, we want you to understand the Word of God. There is something that is coming straight right for you. The world is going to all kinds of directions, but Jesus is about to come. So we want you to study with us the Word of God. We have lessons coming straight towards you. There is something that's about to happen in this world, and you need to know what that is from the Bible, amen? And we want to acknowledge that Jesus Christ has given us the gift to teach the Word of God so you can understand it with clarity, amen? There's another lesson that God wants you to understand as well. We have another lesson that says, don't you be fooled. Don't be fooled of what the devil has planned for your life for you to be deceived and to be lost. We want the word of God to empower you so you can understand that the relationship with God is the only thing that's going to sustain you. Amen? Amen. With that being said, let every head bowed and we're going to adjourn as we pray. Spirit of the living God, thank you for this time of worshiping with you. We are acknowledging that we have heard truth, Lord, beyond our imagination, but we accept within our hearts. Now we ask that you would take those things that we have learned and apply it to our life. So we ask that you would be with us as we leave this place. Never allow your spirit to leave us so we can fight a good fight, keep the faith, and finish our course. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. As we go. As you go, tell the world, as you go.